0: Please take your seats quickly ladies and gentlemen Hello ladies and gentlemen Welcome to The Passing Shot with Joel and Kim Sponsored by DownloadTennis.com On today's Tour Catch-Up Holger Roon and Sebastian
1: Byers notch their maiden Tour titles
0: Emma Raducanu splits with a coach
1: And Roger Federer announces his comeback in Basel
0: Today is the 3rd of May and we are here to catch up on the week in tennis at Passing Shot HQ. The Madrid Open is firmly underway. We are reaching the quarterfinal stage with the ladies and we are getting underway with the men. We also have a couple of ATP 250s to talk about in Munich and Estoril with next-gen finalists Holger Rune and Sebastian Baez from last season winning the titles. And then, of course, off-court, we've got so much to talk about with Boris Becker's jail time sentence, Roger Federer announcing his return in Basel, and, of course, Emma Raducanu splitting from her coach. Big news for British tennis fans. And, Kim, it hasn't been lost on me as well, because we've had the bank holiday weekend. You have also had a little jaunt away to Dublin.
1: I have, yeah. So I apologise if I sound a bit ropey this morning.
0: What, was it all the Guinness you've been drinking over the weekend?
1: Well, I don't actually like Guinness, but um, <laughs> just just generally all the singing and, you know, yeah, a bit of alcohol, I'm not going to lie, as one does <laughs> in Dublin. I had quite a fun weekend, so um, I hope it does, I don't sound too kind of rusty but I've been following all the tennis and uh obviously Rafa's back so I'm really excited uh to obviously get into Madrid and to round up last week's action and yeah like you said quite a lot of off-court news as well especially with Boris Becker
0: leading the way some good some bad he's in Wandsworth prison which is is it's like a short walk for me I'm not gonna lie so I don't know whether I should go down there and and see if I can visit him visit him can I yeah get (laughs) any can i get any visits visiting out what are the visiting hours i don't know
1: exclusive interview for the i feel like i should make
0: the most of it yes exactly what, a, what an exclusive that would be. I don't know if Wandsworth Prison would allow it, probably not. I don't
1: think they would somehow, but <laughs> <laughs> you could try. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's get on with the tennis from last week to begin with, because we did have two tournaments, uh, like you said, Munich and also Estoril. Um, Two first-time title winners and two kind of young next-gen players, I suppose. Um, Let's start with Munich. Bit of a disappointing end to the week, I have to say. Um, No offence to Holger Rune, but I don't think anyone would want to win their first title uh, through a retirement in the final from their opponent. But that is exactly what happened when uh, Bottic van der Zanschalk, he was leading 4-3 in the final and retired uh, with a a chest injury. Um, All of a sudden, had to go and Bob's your uncle, Holger Rune, uh, was the winner but yeah very disappointing obviously for for the fans and and the tournament generally that it has to end in in that manner.
0: Yeah definitely it was a, a disappointment disappointment because they've been, both been playing fantastic tennis throughout the week both taking out uh, the first seed so Roon taking out Zverev um, in his second match and then Botic van der Zanschalk taking out Kasper Rude. Uh, in the quarterfinals as well. So they're both playing excellent tennis in the week. I think Bosic and Zanchop is okay. I think he tweeted that uh like 20 minutes after he retired, he actually felt fine. I think he started kind of breathing difficulties and he expects to play Madrid. So I don't know if it was just one of those things during the match, he felt tight. He didn't feel like he could continue. But as you said, yeah, not the way you want the, the final to end. Um But at the same time, a great win... Holger He was playing some very, very good tennis throughout the week. Didn't drop a set en route to the final. Um, I think we have known about him uh, for a while now. I actually almost feel like players like Carlos Alcaraz is almost stealing his thunder a little bit because he's been flying under the radar. I feel particularly on the the clay season so far, and uh, you know he really I think announced himself at this tournament, particularly with that win against Sasha Zverev, the top seed in the second round it was a real no contest really for, for rune it was very very impressive he was using the the drop shot bringing zverev in and um yeah i mean if there was one match i think you would look to look to say this is why rune won the title i think it was that match against zverev because he was just so you know impressive and so i think fearless given you know he's only i think what 18 19 years old against the you know the top seed in his own tournament he just he just did not care and I think everything just came off for him that day and uh yeah he just put a very good run of results together throughout the tournament
1: yeah also had a win over I guess Emil Roussevori being the other Mm. kind of more notable name I mean no offense to Oscar Otter or uh, Yuri Lehechka but um yeah really good solid week Obviously not the way you'd want to win the final, but you've got to be there to win it and come out on top in the end. And it's good that at least van der Zanschorp is it, it's he's OK. You know, it must have been a very quick, sudden worrying uh, thing that he just thought it was safer to to retire in that moment. Um, I mean, Holger Roon is now in the top 50. He is the first yeah. Danish man since 2005. Uh, to get to that point, uh, Kenneth Carlson apparently was the last. Uh, obviously, Freddie Nilsson, you know, famous Danish bear, <laughs> but obviously never made it into the top 50 in single. I know, a, cry-
0: a crying shame that is, Kim. It really for, is. For all tennis fans.
1: <laughs> um, so, yeah, full credit to to Holgaru. You'll have to see how he can progress up the rankings. Um, certainly, a whole host of, of youngsters kind of making their way up as we've seen, as we've seen so far this this season. Um just a note on Zverev, yeah, abysmal kind of time really for him at the moment. He's he's not playing well, he's serving terribly. As we know, when he serves terribly, you know, he's not winning points on his first serve. He he doesn't really have an effective game. You know, his kind of strategy falls apart. He he just doesn't get that sort of same um results really. I mean he had that semi final in Monte Carlo but apart from that this season he and a final uh which he lost to Bublik he's just had a, a pretty shocking season and I I do think that there's that that incident in Mexico I think since then he hasn't really been effective I, I just wonder if maybe there's something else going on but he's um yeah I mean going into the French he's really not in a good place is he
0: no, it's, it's, it's weird at the moment because you think he is, he is in the perfect position potentially to kind of mount a challenge for being, for being world number one. You know, Novak Djokovic is in and out of the picture. Daniel Medvedev is off court at the moment, um, off the tour at the moment. So you feel like there's a big opportunity at the moment for Zverev to, you know, to, to potentially get to, you know, to get to world number one, but he's just not making, you know he's not making the most of it. He's not making he's not making the most of the the draws he find he finds himself in. I think you know he was pretty he'll be, feel pretty reassured by I think getting to you know the semi-finals in in Monte Carlo. But you know at the same time to come into to Munich two fifty event top seed you would have expected him to to get further than he did. And the fact that he didn't even win you know one match. Yes, he did come up against an inspired Holger Rune, but his his performance particularly his serving it just yeah was not particularly great and uh you know he made 75% of his first serves but he only won half of his service points um against Holger he didn't hit a single ace there were some very ugly kind of second serves i was seeing as well and um yeah you obviously feel that when that's not working for him it kind of all falls apart from there and uh i think Another thing I think I noticed in that match with Rune is that even though I feel like he feels quite comfortable from the the back of the court, trading from the the baseline, when he's doing that against players who can can just do that on the clay court where it's a bit slower, they can be consistent, that high heavy ball, it's it's fine. But when someone like Rune uses a drop shot, brings him in, I still feel he like he lacks a bit of confidence when he comes to the net, and I I think that's a potential kind of weakness in his game at the moment is that yeah i'm fine from the the back of the court but if someone's got that drop shot in their locker if they've got that little bit of variety then i think it it just throws there a little bit off guard so um yeah a bit disappointing for him and also a little bit disappointing i think also for the second seed casper root because you know we were talking kim about the fact that hard court season gets his you know gets his first ever masters hardcore final and we're thinking oh this is a great setup for him going into the the clay season and uh yeah again maybe a little bit like zerev yeah would have been a little bit disappointed you know not not doing as well as perhaps he, he felt he could have and, and carrying on i say that you know that meant that momentum from um you know from the the sunshine double so yeah, I think for the, the top season, the draw was, um, yeah, pretty, I'd a disappointing week, but at the same time, yeah, nice to see kind of Rune, Botich Van der Zandschop getting to the final. And for Rune, you know, he's in the top 50 now, as you said. I mean, where do you, where do you see him? Where do you see him going this season? How high do you think his ranking can go? Because he, I think he said at the la- end of last season, you know, top 25 was his ambition, but I still feel like he could go a little bit higher than that, given, the Number of clay events coming up, given the way he's playing at the moment, he'll be someone not really many people will be wanting to face at the moment.
1: Yeah, I can see him getting like a big winner at a slam over a top seed. Mm. Um, perhaps not necessarily following it up and going deep at a slam.
0: You took a set off Djokovic at, at the US Open last year, so yeah, definitely doable.
1: He did. So I think 20, yeah, I think top 25 is doable, top 20, you know, if he's not having as many points to defend from the rest of his season so he surely the only way is up should you know he stay fit and healthy um I certainly think he will he will go higher and top 50 is just just the beginning so um you know well done Holger Rune we've also got another player who uh is going up in the world that's Sebastian Baez who won Estoril uh, again another first time ATP tour title winner um Sebastian Byers did reach a final earlier on in the season, didn't he? I think over and the golden swing uh, down in South America. But this was his first title. Won very comfortably over Francis Tierfo 6-3, 6-2. Got off to a bit of a slow start, but managed to, I think, hold his serve, not go double break down early on. And that was kind of the real key factor from then on. He was um, definitely the stronger of the two players. And um, yeah, kind of raced through the rest of the match, really. It wasn't a very long final and uh, yeah, so two, two young, new first time title winners on the same day. Um, and Sebastian Baez. Yeah, obviously, we we think of him, don't we, as a, as a clay quarter, you know, he's Argentinian, he's sort of honed his his uh, magic, I guess, on the I think a lot of challenges out in the clay. But um, yeah, now an ATP
0: tour title winner. I think of him as a new Diego Schwartzman. Um, I don't know if it's the backwards cap and he's quite <laughs> a, you know, he's, he's like, he's, I think, what, five foot seven, five foot eight. Um, yeah, you know, he's a, one of the smaller players on the, on the tour. And, um, you know, you know, he, he is a player who he does just look at home on the, on the clay court. That, that doesn't surprise you. Um, as an, you know, obviously as an Argentinian and, um, yeah, really nice. Uh, really nice victory um coming through uh again, some real battles um in you know in Estoril Francis Tiafo as well came coming through <laughs> various battles I feel like he was on the brink of going out at, at various points on route to the final so both had to really fight their way through to the final and I actually think Francis Tiafo I mean his uh semi-final against Seb Corda was uh, an absolute roller coaster Seb Corda probably should have won it um but TFO coming through 6-4 in the third, I think it lasted over three hours. I think TFO was pretty knackered uh, having saved match points as well, um, getting just getting to the final. And I think perhaps that told a little bit in terms of in terms of his legs. I think TFO was saying himself that uh, he needed to go to the supermarket, Kim, and buy new legs. That was how TFO put it, um, go- going to the final. So um, yeah, I think, Maybe physical fitness had a, an impact on the spectacle of of the final, but at, at the same time, for Sebastian Baez, another player who I just think is is very just very you know consistent on on the clay. I think he's quite aggressive, he's got a decent serve, um, and yeah, it's setting up him setting him up really well. And I think he's another player um, is again now into the top fifty. He's having a good season. Was in the Next Gen finals. Um, you know, at the end of of last season, and he's just kind of continuing himself. And I know that there are going to be people saying, can he do it on a a hard court? Can he do it on other court surfaces? Not sure at the moment, but at the same time, he's making the most of it in the part of the season that you would think this is where he wants to make it count, particularly at the, you know, this top end on the the ATP tour level.
1: Yeah. And even if you start out as more of a clay quarter, you know, there's absolutely nothing to say you wouldn't, Learn and grow and adapt your game mm. to improve and excel on other surfaces. So, like he's just starting his career. Like, let's not, um, you know, write him off just yet on other surfaces. <laughs> I think um, it's it's all a, a matter of time, isn't it? But yeah, for sure, very comfortable on a clay court. Um, I think actually, you know, CFO. He we were talking coming into this tournament about what Alejandro Davidovich Fakina was going to do. Where not mm. we after his Monte Carlo final? and he, um, he did lose to TFO, but that, again, it was another very tight battle, so TFO had to get through that one as well, uh, so I'm not surprised TFO kind of ran out of a bit of steam in the final there, but funnily enough, he seems to like Estoril, he's got to a final before here, hasn't he?
0: Yeah, it, it seems to be a lucky tournament for him, I think he's he's, what, he's got to four ATP finals, uh, two of them have now been at esteril so there is something about the clay here that uh tiafo loves um yeah he he took nine hours 47 minutes uh to reach the final from his four matches uh combined so it just tells you i think how much how much mileage was already was already gone yeah given um yeah getting to the final so um yeah perhaps understandably a little tired so um yeah we'll see how he, he gets on in in, uh, in in madrid but um yeah good week i think for for buyers but also for, for tiafo kim let, let's move on to madrid now because we have had we have had tennis. We have had more tennis in the ladies in the ladies draws, but it has been a tournament so far. I think for the, the women, where all the seeds are not having, not something is going on with the altitude and the court. You know, the quickness of the court. It's just not suiting them because a lot of them have been going out in the first round, and I think first round, second round, and we're only left, I think, with Onjebor. In the top 10 seeds left already in the tournament, and we've not even got to the end of knowing who our, our quarterfinal quarterfinal lineup is.
1: Yeah, it's pretty shocking. I mean, just to clarify, Svante, Krashikova, and Contivate did not play, but um we've got had the likes of Paola Berdosa, Sabalenka, Maria Zachary... Pliskova, Daniel Collins and Garbini Muguruza all out in the first or second round, leaving Onjibor as, yeah, like the top ranked uh, seeded player left in the draw. Also Emma Raducanu, uh, I think as the 11th seed, uh, is still in it. So, uh, sorry, rather 11th in the world. Um, so, I mean, it's we've we've seen this before. Uh, especially i would say more in the women's side of things but it, it's just when it all happens together and there's like none of the top 10 players basically um in it it's it's a funny old one but we when I mean, we do have Sabona Hallett who obviously has has been at the higher echelons um so you know perhaps a bit of a false friend there with with Halep still in in the draw as well
0: yeah definitely it's uh, it feels like a tournament with the fact that field tech is not there is completely up for grabs and the fact that all of the the top seeds have gone out again it just <laughs> reasserts that that view that yeah this tournament uh for the the women is completely up the grabs. who knows potentially for a first time first time master's level winner you were speaking about simona hallett she is here she is playing great tennis she's obviously got in a new partnership now with muratoglu Previously, Serena Williams as coach. She's had a couple of very good victories. I watched her yesterday against Coco Goff coming through 6-4, 6-4. She had that standout win against the second seed, Badosa, as well in the second round, 6-3, 6-1. So she seems to be one of the form players. That partnership seems to be going very, very well at the moment. And, uh, you know, it was interesting to hear about how, you know, she is looking to play more aggressive under Muratoglu and it seems to be paying dividends at the moment. Coco Goff, yes, she was ahead in that second set and probably would have felt that she could have have closed it. But again, the, the pressure and the aggression I think that Halep showed Goff I think just sort of buckled under the the pressure a little bit and um I mean Madrid has been a, a happy hunting ground as well I think for Halle I think this is now her I think she's now got 30 wins um in the Spanish capital I think only Kvitova has more and she could I think potentially overtake Kvitova this tournament depending on how deep she goes so it's been a happy hunting ground for her and even though she is unseeded. Given that she's still in the draw, given her experience and how well she plays at this tournament, and with Muratoglu in her in her corner, it feels like everything is is set up for I think what she calls Simona 2.0.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you look at everyone who's left in the draw, I, I feel like Halep is is the favorite now. I mean, just seeing how well she started this tournament, she's got, you know, Patrick Muratoglu, like, so it's this new kind of rejuvenation with her and the way she beat Badosa who has been playing really good tennis this year and you know did really well here previously and it's, it's her home tournament perhaps a bit of added pressure you know playing at her, at her home tournament with you know being the number two seed you know that's probably did play into it perhaps but yeah I think Simona Halliwick we know what she can do she as she said loves this tournament two-time winner and then another two finals uh, on on this court so I think, you know, she's got Jabor next, which is obviously gonna be tough. But I, I think I think Simona is is the one to to beat, actually. Um I mean let's we've also got Alexandrova against Anisimova um in the court, other quarterfinal. Uh Anisimova knocking out Sabalenka in the uh, the first round and then also Azarenka. So she's had some some really good wins. We know what she is capable of. Uh she's been deep at Roland Garros before. So perhaps an, an over halep semi-final. Um, we've also, in the other half, the, the top half, this is the Emma Raducanu half, um, it's just nice that she's been able to get some consecutive wins again. Um, and actually, in her last three sets of tennis, she's only dropped three games, which is really nice to see after, um, I would say, on the hard courts, you know, quite a lot of dodgy, um, gritty battles. It's, it's nice that she was able to get a really comprehensive victory over Marta Kostuk in the last round, 6-2, 6-1. Especially after, I think, the last time they played Kostuk, basically thrashed Emma to pretty much the same scoreline. So, um, nice revenge for Emma there. Uh, She's got Angelina Kalanina next, who um, took out Muguruza, well, thrashed Muguruza. Uh, Very surprising scoreline there. Muguruza is also another player, I think, who's had a very... Weird year hasn't really done anything with it um, and just just hasn't got any form whatsoever really at the moment it's it's very strange,
0: yeah, very strange. I think that for me was probably the ugliest result uh from the you know the top ten seeds crashing out uh you know three in love uh you know in your home tournament. I don't think she has a particularly great record in Madrid, but at the same time. That scoreline, the manner of the defeat, yeah, I think was particularly disappointing. And um, yeah, she's not having a, she's having a pretty wonky season. I think um, it's not been particularly great Um and uh yeah, a bit disappointing p- for her. But um yeah, Admi- Emma Raducanu though, she seems to be going from strength to strength at the moment. It seems that the clay has really, I think, helped her, you know, get these kind of consecutive match wins under her belt, something that she's not, really been able to do a lot of um you know since she won the you know the US Open uh last year she's now won consecutive matches twice in as many weeks she has looked very very good here I think you know I was watching some of her first match against Martinsova someone she played in the uh, you know in the Billie Jean King Cup uh qualifiers and she was down in that first set I think like five she was down like five two, and it was really impressed uh, to see how she fought back and won it on a on a tie break. and And since then, she's just been able to just play, I think, very freely and, and without kind of any sort of, of pressure. And I don't know if that plays into the fact that she's, um, you know, she's no longer working with her coach, Torben Belts, um, and whether that's just taken the the ice off of things in terms of just going out there playing your game playing with confidence and uh yeah that win against Marta Costa she served in p- particularly I think she served you know really really well and um I think you can see given you know what had happened the previous week getting to you know a matchup with Svantec and pushing Svantec even though it was you know straight sets 6-4, 6-4 she played very very well I think and uh I think that even though in that defeat I think we you know, we always say this you know you learn you can learn so much more I think in Defeat that it rather than in victory. And, uh, I think perhaps that match showed her, you know, she's got the, the belief, I think, and the confidence to really kind of have a go. Um, you know, at these, at these clay events coming up and, uh, you know, with the draw opening up for her. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really promising kind of position to be in. Um, you know, still one match at a time. Kalanina is going to be a very tough customer. She's going to be full of confidence coming through that, that Mugurutha victory. But, um, yeah, very decent from, from Radikarnu. I mean, just on the, 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 talk of, of her and her coach, Kim, what did you, what did you make of that? Because, you know, we thought this was going to be like a long-term partnership. I think at the start of the season, we were all excited about it, but, Six months later, something didn't work, and Radikani felt like she needed a she needed a change of pace.
1: Yeah, it's now her. I think she's had four coaches in the last year, mm. which uh, seems seems quite a lot. But you know, it's the early stages of her career, and I guess she's trying to find. You worried? Um, I mean, when she won the U.S. Open last year, obviously she was under Andrew Richardson under a temporary sort of working relationship, and you know that was obviously very successful. So I think she just it's it's she's a she's a young you know tender age I guess I think her father's kind of quite involved as well in in picking perhaps the next the next step or what she should be doing but I think if something isn't working or you don't feel like it's you know maybe it's a gut feeling I I don't I think it's probably better to end it sooner rather than later rather than persisting and it just you know you could be wasting precious time maybe um in your career if you stick with someone that you don't fundamentally think is is right um She said that she'd recently been working very kind of briefly with Riccardo Piatti, who's uh, recently been coaching Yannick Sinner. Well, has coached him into like what the top 10 and they've just kind of parted ways. Um, So, you know, possibly going to go down that route. But at the moment, like seeking advice from LTA, um, wanting to go under, I think, a new training model um under the lta she said so how that whatever that means in reality i don't know but perhaps that's where she feels more comfortable um and i think you've got to i guess you know you want to test yourself and push yourself for perhaps what you feel is right for you um i think that's there's a lot to be said for just following your kind of instinct
0: and i, I mean at the moment there's an argument to say does she you know, does she need a coach? Um, you know, she's playing very, very well at the moment. She's playing very, very freely. Um, and it, it does feel like she is you know, getting advice from lots of different sources. Maybe there's not just sort of one coach and it's working, it's working well for her. Um, and I always think back to, you know, Danielle Collins, you know, she made, who made the Australian Open final. She did that with, without a coach. So it's not a, I don't think a ridiculous kind of thing to say that, you know, could new work in a way where she maybe doesn't have necessarily a a main coach but could just sort of yeah understanding and get advice from from different um outlets of course she's still very young and it feels like a still having a full-time coach probably is you know the best route to go in the sense of helping you learn helping you adapt to the tour um but you know i think what we've seen is she knows what she wants even though she's you know a very young player even though she's you know just making her a way onto the tour she knows what she wants she is assured and knows um what is and what isn't working and even though it was a tough call even though it sounds like you know she got on with belts um you know off the court they have a good they had a good working relationship it just didn't there wasn't that spark there. There wasn't that click that I think she was potentially looking for. So, um, yeah, we'll see how, we'll see how that goes. Um, we'll see if she gets someone in for the rest of the clay season or maybe for the start of the, the grass court season. But, um, yeah, maybe I Kim, we should put in an application ourselves to, uh, to be Radicani's coach. I would, I personally wouldn't mind that.
1: I think that would be disastrous, but um, yeah, I think Ian Bates, who is the head of women's coaching at LTA, is 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 with her in Madrid this this week. Personally, I would go back to Andrew Richardson. You won the US Open with him, mm. surely. You know he would be yeah. obvious, but yeah. I think maybe you know obviously there are reasons perhaps not to. But I, I don't know. Um, she's going to look for something. She's good that she's got the LTA to kind of in the interim like work with. You know, imagine if you didn't have that set, set up or system to kind of have uh to help while she's searching for that next kind of long term coach. So um, fortunately for her, she does have 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 that. Um I mean just a note on other kind of you mentioned Danielle Collins. She's been uh, knocked out of Madrid by Andrescu who's uh put two wins together. Um Andrescu won that one very comfortably. Another player that's out is Osaka losing to Sara Cerives Tormo uh who has beaten Osaka before. I think it was at the the Fed Cup, wasn't it, a few years ago? So um yeah, lots of top seeds out. Um the 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 men's side of things, they've only just kind of kicked off, really. So uh, we've had great start for all the Brits. We've had Andy Murray beating Dominic Team, um, 6'4, 6'3, or sorry, 6'3, 6'4, I should say. Um, I mean, what did you make of, of this? Because obviously Team's just coming back from his long injury layoff. He hasn't managed to win a match on the tour just yet. Um Andy Murray obviously very much knows how how team feels, what his situation must be, coming back after a serious injury. So, what did you make of this particular match between the two of them?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was a great uh, it was a great Monday night in. Uh, yeah, I got to watch all of it, and um, I thought both players brought a pretty good level to the court. Um, it was great just to see Andy Murray back on a on a clay court. We haven't seen that for a long, long time. Um, I think his last win. On, on a clay court was like five five years ago I think so um, you know just to see him back on on clay something that he wasn't expecting himself uh, earlier on this season um, it was just great great to see and also great to see Dominic Team as well and um, you know just looking I think first of all a Dominic Team's game uh, again you know he's had injury setbacks particularly with his his wrist and Again, I just think at the moment, um, understandably so, there's still, I think, that nervousness, um, that lack of confidence, I think, about kind of using, you know, his body to the, the fullest extent. And I think you could see in the match, he was sort of holding back. And although I think his, his backhand side was, was working pretty well, um, for me, his backhand was, was very, very good. I was almost kind of like, this is the, that's the backhand I know from, from Dominic Team. But on the other, on the other wing, on the forehand, it was a completely, I think, different story. Um, you know, a lot has been made, I think, so far of, of his forehand and how he doesn't get that, that whip as much or those spin revolutions as much as, um, he did previously. And as a result, it's not as big of a weapon. It's a bit flatter. And as a result, players can do. Uh, a lot more with it and take advantage of it. And I could sense that in the, in the match yesterday, Murray really kind of going after that, that forehand wing and, um, you know, working well for him. So, um, you know, I think it was a good showing from both players. I think, I think, you know, Murray was going in sort of as the favorite given. Yeah. Team just kind of coming back. And um, I think it does reassert my opinion that team French open, probably too, you know, probably too soon. Um, You know, I think you'll see the clay is just trying to get, you know, just just trying to get match wins, I think, under his his belt at the moment. No real expectation, but um, perhaps going into the hard courts, there will be a little bit more. You know, expectation, and um, you know there was a nice exchange at the net between the two of them. You know, Murray talking to you know team very candidly about you know the fact that you know he's gone through this process, and um, you know you'll be fine. So that was really nice to see, and um, yeah, I just think that you know it's just a little bit too early for for team and and Andy Murray, given all of experience, he's a two time champion as well at at Madrid. Um, He just played a very 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 on song match and uh, yeah we'll come up against Denis Shapovalov next um, which I think we all know from uh, you know his his match with uh, Shapovalov at Wimbledon Um, so uh, yeah a lot tougher but um, yeah nice win against Dominic team.
1: yeah I think that one's later today we've got Raducanu and Andy on later for the Brits Um, but yeah Cam Nori also through he's got John Isner next Uh, Jack Draper on a wild card Beat Lorenzo Sonago in straight sets in the first round as well. And Dan Evans threw against Federico Del Bonas. So, yeah, uh, great stuff for British men into the next stage of the tournament.
0: The Spanish players will not be happy, I don't think, with the wild card successes uh, at the, uh, the Madrid Open, because obviously they were all up in arms. They were like, how could you give a wild card to Andy Murray? How could you give a wild card to Jack Draper? But yeah, they have really, I think, justified um those allocations uh given their victories uh given yeah jack draper coming through Sonigo, which is a very decent victory Sonigo, pretty pretty tough customer I, I would have thought on on a clay court but yeah draper showing his now uh got rublev next they said nori Isner could be quite tricky you know these conditions they do help the big servers i feel even though we're on a, on a clay court so i think that's going to be quite a battle for cam and then yeah dan evans RBA or Brooksby who would you who would you prefer for, for Evans?
1: Jensen Brooksby possibly I think RBA okay. very seasoned opposition especially on a Spanish clay court so I don't know neither of them are, are ideal but I, I think well I mean Evans had a disappointing week in Estoril. you know lost to Cressy so I I think out of out of all of them I'm, I'm not looking to him I'm looking at Norrie although Isner is Isner's not bad on a clay court I always think of that Awful match against um against Rafa at the French Open where mm. he almost beat him in the first round. Yeah, so, um, always a bit of a danger. Um, I laugh when you mentioned the Spanish wildcards because. Uh, Carlos Jimeno Valero, who was the Spanish wildcard, lost to Gael Monfils <laughs> in the first round. So, not really justifying his uh, his wildcard there. Um, I mean, Yannick Sin has had an exciting time as well, saving more match points against Tommy Paul. He's he's had that a few times this season, saving match points and then coming through. So, perhaps, uh, you know, I always feel when players do that, they actually go on a bit of a run. So, perhaps he's one to to watch uh, for the rest of the tournament. Um But yeah, we've also obviously got Rafa back, uh, which is very exciting. Um, Novak Djokovic is also in the draw. He's playing Gael Monfils later. So yeah, this is kind of really shaping up nicely, I guess, as we're moving closer to the French Open. Uh, I think this must be the first tournament this year with with both Rafa and Novak in. So it's all... All setting up uh, nicely, perhaps we'll have to see how they both get on. Obviously, Rafa hasn't played in a in a while. Djokovic still a bit a bit rusty, but uh, you know, off the back of the Belgrade final, I'm sure he'll. Uh, I mean, well, he could be playing Andy Murray potentially if if uh, Murray does get past Shapovalov. I think that might be a stretch, but that would be quite interesting, wouldn't it?
0: <laughs> it would break the uh, winner match, loser match mold for Andy Murray I think uh if he did uh yeah beat Shapovalov I think that would be very 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 tough um but yeah Djokovic Monfils I feel like that could be quite an entertaining one and Kim just a quick shout out before we do go to an ad break Lucas Pui another wild card beat Karen Kachanov last night uh in straight sets uh Lucas Pui who I don't think we've spoken about for long long time um yeah in Madrid on a wild card decent 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 performance where has that been you know last last few seasons he he faces stefanos sisipas next so um yeah a really good day i think yesterday for for all of the wild cards and also for british tennis i actually think that was the first time ever four brits um getting through to the second round of a masters event and kim who would have thought it would have happened on the clay of madrid i mean yeah maybe it in, in did wells or, or miami but the fact it was on the clay i feel like it just it, you know i feel like when we come to like davis cut all the of all the countries we play they're always like let's put it on clay because we know brits don't like clay but uh yeah if you look at the Madrid results in madrid so far been pretty handy
1: Pretty nifty on a clay court. Yeah. Woo. Um, Right. We'll be talking about Davis Cup later, actually. But um, let's take a quick break now. Do join us in the second half where we'll be having a look at Boris Becker uh, being sent to jail. Uh, Roger Federer announcing he'll be returning in Basel and um, also looking ahead to the Davis Cup finals, Joel, which are a long way off, but we've had all of the draws announced. So do join us in just a moment. Welcome back to The Passing Shots with Joel and Kim, sponsored by DownloadTennis.com. And let's move on now to a little quiz section, Joel, before we get on to the latest news uh, from around the tennis world. Uh, I've got a mysterious player for you this week and for our listeners. So I hope you're ready to get your thinking cap on and try and guess who I am pretending to be or going to be. (laughs) Are you ready?
0: I'm ready. Let's let's get let's get into it. I'm um, cool. Yeah, I feel like I've, I've I've made it difficult for you the last few weeks with Path of the Court. So I'm I'm worried that you've got a fiendish mysterious player for me.
1: Well, I don't think it's too hard for you, maybe. But I, I feel like some of our overseas listeners might struggle more with this one. So I apologize if uh, anyone is like, who the who on earth is this person? <laughs> uh, that's maybe your first clue. <laughs> um, OK, so right. First clue. I was born on the 28th of July, 1996.
0: Okay. Uh, 96, 06 16, uh, 26 years old. Um, someone I would know. Mm.
1: I mean, other players, other people will know them, but you know. <laughs> just... <laughs> um,
0: Diego, I, I don't know, I know he's not 26. Let's just say it. Diego Schwartzman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think he might be quite happy that you have called him 26 uh no it's not diego schwartzman <laughs> um okey doke my best grand slam singles result was the third round of wimbledon in 2019
0: oh i, I think i know who, i actually think i know who it is Oh, no, not so soon. <laughs> I, think, I think I know. Uh, and is this? I feel like this is surprising because he's a Spanish player. Is it Jaume Muna? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's not a bad shout because I think he probably is around 20, whatever. Um, no, it's not Jaume Muna.
0: Oh. Okay. I, I thought
1: you were going to yeah. guess who it actually was, though. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, I shall continue. <laughs> um I turned pro in 2015, um, but I've only just reached my. Well, I'm currently reached my career high ranking uh, of 99.
0: It's just inside the top hundred. 26 years old. Um, Alex Molcan. Actually, he'll probably be a bit annoyed upset he's twenty six years <laughs> I think, old.
1: I think he's higher ranked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, interestingly, just talking about Alex Molkan you said that Marion Vider is is now coaching him.
0: I mean, there've been videos of him working, working with Vider, but yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, I had success at the mixed doubles of a Grand Slam last season, reaching the final of Wimbledon. But sadly, losing, but reaching the final with um, my partner.
0: Mixed doubles last season. Mm.
1: Wimbledon. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of British listeners have got have got this by now, Joel.
0: Um, good question. Um, I'm trying to think of that final for like Joe Salisbury.
1: Mm. <laughs> is joey salisbury 99 in the world oh, no, <laughs>
0: well, no no
1: joey salisbury's very close so my partner was joel's it was joey salisbury oh okay <laughs> in the wimbledon six doubles,
0: <laughs> harriet dart
1: correct <laughs> <laughs> well done yeah i had loads more clues there to give uh i was going to talk about that match against Sharapova the six love six love and of uh, course yeah yeah all the recent uh success but yeah she's now in the top 100 um young British player hopefully gonna go even higher but uh yeah so well done to anyone who got Harriet Dart uh Perhaps you know. Perhaps she's making more of a name for herself with our overseas listeners as well. So, well done, Joel. You got there in the end. Uh, excellent work. Uh, we do have a passing shot mailbag question as well this week from Becky, who got in touch on email. So, I'll uh, I'll put this one to you first, Joel. Uh, Becky said, "Hi, Joel and Kim. Uh, this week marks the 15 year anniversary of the legendary battle of the surfaces between Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal. If there was a battle of the surfaces too." Who would you want to see compete? Great question, Becky. Thank you for sending that in. What what do you think, Joel?
0: Yeah, I was thinking about this. I would go for a female equivalent to Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal. Um I I would need a player a certain player to come out of retirement to make this happen. But I think this is fine because this is like an Ascension exhibition event. This is not returning to the WTA tour and uh yeah I am going to go. I want Ash Barty versus Iga Schfushteck. Uh Schfushteck I feel at the moment is the, the queen of clay. Ash Barty, we all know her um her prowess, I feel like, on a on a grass court as well. So um yeah, I've got Barty Schviontek as a female, female version. Also maybe jo- I put John Isner versus Kevin Anderson. I think I think there's an argument to say something like getting two players who are just very good at grass courts and just seeing like who's whose clay court game is like the less the least weakest um i feel it would be quite an interesting dynamic um but uh yeah i've got those are my those were my two sort of instant sort of thoughts um and yeah i if if you had to push me on who would win i go sviltec sviltec and a sviltec party matchup uh and i'd go i'd go john isner given his his how how much he pushed rafa at that french open uh, um against yeah. uh, kevin anderson
1: I think, I think so. I'd have to agree with you on that one. And I suppose Barty now she's retired. She, well, if she was asked to do it now, she, she might be slightly rusty. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. I think talking about John, I was thinking, Oh, maybe an Isner, a Pelka. And I know most people would be like, what? But perhaps (laughs) you could see if this would stop them going to tie breaks. The fact that they'd be playing on two different surfaces. Maybe that would be an interesting (laughs) test for them uh, to see if they could break serve. Um, I think Rafa and Novak would be fun, obviously. Ooh, um, yes. That would be... Uh, that would be
0: very... Who would win that? Who would win that?
1: <sighs> well, You're gonna that, say that's Rafa, question. You? <laughs> You're going to say Rafa, on you?
0: I think Rafa... Novak Djokovic would win that. I feel like Rafa's game on a grass is not as good as Novak on a on a clay, maybe.
1: Oh, let's not talk about the last <laughs> time they played on grass. <laughs> oh, <laughs> 2018. Okay. Funnily enough, Rafa did beat uh, Federer at the the Battle of the Surfaces in 2007. It was on a, th- well, the third set tie break. Um, I didn't realise that was played in Palmer. actually. I thought that was somewhere else for some reason. But no, it was in Parma de Mallorca. Um, I'd also think something like Carlos Alcaraz against like Yannick Sinner or someone like that would be quite fun. I'd love to see how Carlos Alcaraz gets on on the grass this year, given given that he's done so much on both clay and hardcores. And I'm, I'm sure he'll be awesome on grass as well. But I think it'll be really interesting to see him adapting to the grass so I think many possibilities I think that's a really good question and I yeah it's nice to look back on that event that they did in what way back in 2007 because it was a very unique occasion so um and I think at the time when they went into it you know both Roger and Rafa had many many consecutive wins on their respective surfaces so it was really a good time for them to do they were both primed you know and I think at that time obviously they were very much king of grass king of clay obviously since then Rafa's won a lot more on other services but at that time it was you know such a iconic thing wasn't it so um yeah fantastic thanks for getting in touch becky with that one um this brings us on to the yeah the 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 criminal news from from tennis Joel. uh boris beck has been jailed uh because of bankruptcy he's uh been jailed for two and a half years he's in Wandsworth prison uh and this is because he apparently well ha- not apparently he he has hid and he's been found to have hid 2.5 million pounds worth of assets and loans in order to avoid paying his debts um apparently the judge Deborah Taylor said he's shown no remorse or acceptance of guilt uh so off he goes to prison um wh- what do you make of this I mean I know that we had sort of Heard a bit about it in the news, but I don't know if anyone actually thought he it would end in a jail sentence. Um, it seems quite shocking. Um, and obviously he's a very famous individual. Doesn't mean he should be above the law, far from it. But it also, you know, is prison the the best place for him? I, I don't know. There's obviously a lot of debates behind that. Um, a lot of players coming out. Djokovic said he was heartbroken, obviously. I mean, they've worked together, haven't they? So he must be quite close to him. But yeah, I mean, you're just down the road from the prison. What do you make of this, <laughs> sir? What do you yeah, make? Yeah, everyone this?
0: is up in arms around me at the moment. Now, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think you know. I think, I've, to be honest, I think he 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 had it coming. Um, you know, he he had a previous conviction for tax evasion in Germany back in two thousand and two, and the fact that you know he's he he's done he's <laughs> made the same mistake again, um, and he. Felt like he probably could have got away with it. um Yeah, I think he's, you know, got his his come, he's got he's got his comeuppance. And um I think, yeah, there will be people out there who say, is prison prison is a prison sentence? Being in jail, is he a threat to society? Probably not. Therefore, is is jail really kind of that appropriate? But you know, for me, I think you got to throw the book at him. He, he's he's hid. Two point five million pounds worth of of assets. That is a lot, you know. That is a lot. um, That's quite a considerable amount. And again, I think it acts as a it will act as a deterrent. I think for other people to you know who are thinking in the same situation, being bankrupt first of all is you know it's (laughs) obviously not not great. But the fact that he's tried to kind of hide assets from um, you know his debt collectors, as I think you know is 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 bad and i just can't yeah i can't have this sort of love in i feel like with him like you know novak Djokovic. i understand it because you know they work together but uh you know andy murray said he felt you know no emotion um you know when he he heard the news and again i am i've probably side with with murray on on this point of view and i sort of do i am sort of happy that he is in in jail he's not going to serve you know the the two and a half years in full from what i've been reading but um i think it's the the best deterrent for him to do something like this again because i think he just felt like he could play the system he could cheat the system and you know he could win and you know regardless of you know what a celebrity he is you know obviously we hear his voice every year at, at wimbledon he wore his wimbledon tie uh to the court hearing um you know this uh, last week but um you know outside of that this is you know this is serious business and you can't do these things and expect to expect to get away with it so um yeah i'm sort of i'm sort of like you know <laughs> it, it, you know you did this therefore you you were going to have to accept that at some point this may have happened and uh yeah it may have taken a while to get there but um yeah for me it's it's rightly justified
1: yeah, no, and I like you said, he probably won't end up serving that whole sentence. But we'll have to not hear his uh, commentary and his dulcet tones. Or the uh, when it comes to Wimbledon this year, he'll uh, he'll be nearby. But I guess uh, maybe watching from a, a prison television or something. Um, how the how the mighty have fallen.
0: I don't think people once this is over and this is behind him. I don't. Th- I think people will accept him back. Um, I don't I can't I I think you know I would for some reason I'm sort of still expecting to hear him you know do Wimbledon commentary in the future because he's just got such an iconic voice I feel and he's a very good kind of commentator and I do think the fans regardless of this this episode and obviously it's highly embarrassing for him um I still think they would you know there's still that appetite I think to to hear him in and have some sort of media profile but um yeah for me I just at this moment it's just uh yeah it's just he needs to go do the time for for the the crimes he's he's committed
1: exactly um no we'll have to see what if there's any updates uh, as of when they come in on on that one um on perhaps more pleasant news Roger Federer has said he's going to be back uh, later on in the year uh he's obviously planning to do the labor Cup in September in London but also uh, is going to be playing the Basel uh, event, which he has won 10 times and is obviously in his home country, home city. Um, so, yeah, any worries from Fed fans about him officially retiring, uh, I guess, have been allayed for, for now. Although many people perhaps saying that this is going to be a, a last hurrah, last tournament, perhaps this is going to be where he he does retire. I, I don't know. It's a long way off still, isn't it? But I guess that's his, his plan. So we won't be having him at Wimbledon. Uh, which will be a shame because, you know, he is he is Wimbledon, isn't he, to, Mr. to many Wimbledon. people. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's a uh, breaking news from the Federer camp.
0: Yeah, I think it's 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 interesting because uh, you know he's obviously desperate. I think to to get back on the tour, go out on his own own terms. If you were if you were pushing me, Kim, to say, is this a comeback or is this a farewell? I'm sort of sl- sliding more down to kind of, this is more of a farewell. You know, he turns th- 41 in August. I think even the most ardent Fed fans, you know, will be, I don't want to say deluded, but it'll be very, very tough to come back and, you know, reach, you know, another Grand Slam final, regardless of your, you know, your talent. Um, There's just n- natural end points. And, um, you know, this feels to me again, like, you know, he's trying to obviously go back out on his own terms, but it's on very fragile ground and, you know, we don't know how he's going to react once, you know, he does come back into kind of the, the tour environment, how he feels, how he plays. It could go, you know, it could go one way or the other, but it's nice to see him, I think, go back home. You know, he's won this place. He's won at, Um, he's won in Basel 10 times before. So I always feel like there's no better place kind of starting up again than at home and um you know I think it remains to be seen what his capacity will be at the Lever Cup which it, which would precede this um but certainly coming back to the tour um yeah it'll be a nice it'll be a nice moment regardless of I think if you think it's a you know a comeback or a, or a farewell
1: yeah definitely something to look forward to um and just to round up today Joel as well we've had the Dav- davis cup finals draws announced uh so this is for um the september ties where we've got the knockout kind of stages prior to the final in november in malaga um great britain have been drawn in a group with the united states kazakhstan and the netherlands uh that will be played in glasgow um so we'll be at home against all of those uh fellow teams um, group B are is notably I think that the, the the group that everyone's looking at we've got Spain and Serbia so possibly Rafa and Novak, if they're both there could be facing off uh, also Canada and South Korea in that group um, that'll be played in Valencia so Spain will be at home uh, we've got France Germany Belgium and Australia in a group uh, out in Hamburg and then also Croatia Italy Argentina and Sweden playing out in bologna uh, obviously no uh, russian tennis federation involved so they won't be able to defend their title um it's shaping up nicely i think this this davis cup draw i think there's some really good matchups uh, potentially in there obviously it depends if the top players from the each of those teams actually play um but yeah that that group b you know you've also got possibly what faa in there for canada yeah and also Carlos Alcarazio not just Rafa for Spain. So loads of the top teners, ers uh, perhaps in in that one if they all play. Um but yeah what are your initial thoughts? Do you think that's a good good uh, draw for for Great Britain?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think you yeah, with the top 2 as well, I think going through to the the finals. Um yeah, I think that's very handy uh for for GB. Um yeah, I think they could they'd be confident I think with finishing the top 2 given the form. At the moment, you know players like Joe Salisbury are in for the the doubles. Cam Norrie as well. Andy Murray coming back. Whether he will get involved, not sure. But um, yeah, good, good. uh, I think a good draw. Um, I always feel like with the the Davis Cup, there you gotta you gotta take it with a pinch of salt because you just don't know which players are going to be fresh or up for you know playing Davis Cup. Given you know this is at the you know towards the the back end of the season. Yeah, I said after US Open, long exertions is this, this is a, a step too far so um we'll have to wait and see but um yeah look, looking to the sh- looking that it's shaping up nicely i like that again it's got this sort of multi-city appeal um really i think opens up tennis to a lot a lot more people bigger audiences and uh yeah nice to see it in uh in glasgow for all the uh the scottish and all the uh the murray the murray the murray fans as well
1: Yeah, and considering we've got, you know, Cam Norrie and also Joe Salisbury, you know, um, as our our top players, hopefully Andy Murray as well. Dan Evans, we've got a really good team. Mm, Um, Yeah. On paper and in reality, so I hope uh, we can obviously progress through, make it into the finals. But um, yeah, we'll we'll get to that point where in the season when it happens to see how it how it pans out. Um, obviously, we'll be back next week to to round up all the results from Madrid. Um, but yeah, we, gosh, later on today we've got some great stuff going on: uh, Djokovic on fees, Raducanu against Kalinina, Antimari Denis Shapovalov. Oh, it's all happening isn't it, Joel? Um some great doubles action as well. I see the Sit brothers are uh, are there <laughs> and on another wild card. I suppose that's also probably annoyed some uh, Spanish people maybe as well.
0: Yeah, it's uh yeah, an exciting draw. I mean if you yeah, I'm just looking at it. Yeah. I think Djokovic will feast might be quite uh mm. entertaining. Raducanu, Kalanina in the night session as well very very tasty and uh yeah for murray it'll be interesting to see how you know he comes back i mean it's a very tough i feel like it's a very tough schedule for the men um you know it's not as drawn out as the uh you know the women's event and uh yeah you're asking top players to play consecutive days on the clay can always be quite a, a punishing you know can also be a quite punishing week so um it might be a little bit of a survival of the fittest but yeah I think I'm hoping Kim Raducanu can come through Kalanina because if she does she got big big opportunity maiden quarter-finalists as well uh you know Masters 1000 events so um yeah be all eyes on that for me a bit later after after work
1: no, absolutely. um look forward to it very much, and um, we'll be back, i guess yeah next next Monday, probably to round up um all of the final action from from Madrid and also look ahead to to Rome, which will soon be upon us as well,
0: yes, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this latest catch up with the passing shot on the ATP and WTA tours remember to subscribe to us on whatever device you listen to us on to stay up to date on all the action in the Madrid Open we are on Apple Podcasts Spotify and all good podcasting platforms out there you can also listen to us on the downloadtennis.com app and if you like what you're hearing then make sure to leave us a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify
1: And you can follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Passing Shot Pod. So do give us a like and a follow if you don't already. Uh, You can reach us on all those social channels uh, to let us know your questions, thoughts and feedback. Uh, But if you prefer, you can email us at PassingShotPod at gmail.com and don't forget to check out our website at www.thepassingshot.co.uk
0: and we will be back next week at Passing Shot HQ for another tour catch-up looking back on all the events at the Madrid Open so I hope you can join us for that but in the meantime it's goodbye from Kim goodbye (laughs) and it's goodbye from me we will see you again soon